heaven? No. It's Iowa. Hey, Ben, uh, you see all that food over there? You think we should just dive in and start eating it? I, I don't know, man. I don't see anybody around. There's nobody taking money. I mean, who who cooked it, even? I don't know. Uh, I did hear a rumor that if you eat it, you turn into a pig, though. You, you still want to do it? Uh, maybe. What kind of pig? Like like the Floyd of Rosedale? Well, here's my thought. Uh, yeah, I haven't... The Floyd, Floyd of Rosedale hasn't been in Minnesota in a very long time. So if I eat all this food, turn into a giant bronze pig. Maybe that's as close as I'll ever get. Uh, I don't know, man. Who, who told you this, by the way? This little spirit dude. He was flying around. I think he might have turned into a dragon. I'm not entirely sure. I, I think I ate some mushrooms. Something's going. There's some crazy drugs happening for me. Well, right you've now. talked me into it. Let's, let's chow down. And you should chat out on this discussion of Spirited Away on the Pod of Dreams. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always get us lost. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Where are you going? Hey! You said just a quick look. Now let's go back. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now! What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go! I'll distract them. Mommy! Ah! I'm dreaming! I'm dreaming! Ah! Come on, wake up! I'm see-through! Don't be afraid. I'm Master Haku. No! I just want to help you. No! In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed, <laughs> Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Experience a magical movie phenomenon embraced by all the world. Let's go! Prepare to be spirited away. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pod of Dreams. I am Ben, along with Eric. Today, we are talking about a little movie called Spirited Away, a um, movie I've never seen before, and we're going to get into it. But first, Eric, I wanted to ask you, the whole time I was watching this movie, I, I watched it with my oldest daughter and my wife. I was really enjoying it. It's very weird, but there's this little voice in the back of my head saying, oh, this is going to be too weird for Eric. This is going to be too weird for Eric. Oh, Eric's not going to like how weird this is. Was it too weird for you? Uh, it, it was very close. It was very oh. close to being too weird for me. So I did not watch it with my kids. I should have. It just didn't work out with like things happening. I should definitely have watched it with them. I think they would have enjoyed it. I think they would have been a little weirded out by some of the insane. In, there's insane things that happen in this movie. Did yeah, your daughter? Did she just like cool with like I, Spider Guy with six arms or the three floating heads that bounced around? Like three green floating she, heads. She had questions for sure, but she rolled with it. I mean, she's seven. 
she rolled with it. Uh, we're going to dive into the plot because I, I do want to spend some time trying to explain this plot uh, to people because I think it's going to sound insane when we describe the plot to this movie. But I want to take a step back and talk about Miyazaki in general first, just a little bit. He's a, a Japanese filmmaker, exclusively does animated films. He's retired now. But it's a whole host of these movies, all with the various degrees of weirdness. I think Spirited Away might be the single weirdest one of his that I've seen. Uh, but his movies are very, very different. They're very, very Japanese on some level. So they're way, way different than, you know, if you're used to Disney and Pixar, these hit in a totally different way. Our family has loved a lot of these movies. I've been super into it, and I've just been waiting for Spirited Away is often considered his best or it's a contender for one of his best and i've been wanting to watch it for a while and watch it with a kid uh with my oldest um you said your daughters have seen some of the other movies eric yeah if if you listen back our previous episode like i said my brother is a huge miyazaki right miyazaki miyazaki is how i say it but i would not i don't he's been he's been all in with him you know for a long time so he has like the blu-rays of all of his movies he's got one of those like chromebook collections or whatever or steel book or whatever they're called so he lent them to me right when the pandemic started we watched yeah we watched ponyo we watched my neighbor Totoro. We watched Kiki's the which one oh, was they flying around? Yeah, okay. So we watched a lot of them, and I rem- I think I saw Princess Mononoke in the theater when that came out. Cause that, like that, the late nineties. Yep, because that one had like I think Matt Damon does one of the voices in it. Claire Danes does a voice. It had like some really big name american whatever the american dubbed version of it yeah it's they get, a big they get star. Bit, pretty big celebrities to do it like tina fey does ponyo right she's the yep. mom yep uh so like that was like the the boom of anime i mean anime became huge in the late 90s 2000s like dragon ball z and akira's the one i mean that's like the godfather of animes is for my for my from the u.s perspective at least yeah. like in terms of crossing over Yes, I, I remember Akira being really huge. In so my but, so I, I like, I mean, they're kids' movies, though. Like, but that's did, for. But did you. Uh, well, did, you did your daughter's list, just before we get to the fact that they're kids' movies and not for grown men like you, uh, did your daughters like any of those movies? They, they like po- Ponyo and Totoro. Or the, oh, those Totoro. resonated. They liked okay. the, both of those movies. I think Ponyo, the one they liked the most. That's okay. the little, little fish person. It's like it's basically a, it's, yeah, Pinocchio. It's more well, Little Mermaid too. It's it's also got some serious Little Mermaid vibes as well. A fish girl comes out of the sure. water and wants to become human. Um, and that one came out in 2012. I mean, those are probably the two biggest in our house because those are the most like little kid friendly. Right. And there's some ancillary weirdness, but they're a lot more straightforward than something like Spirited Away, which gets mired in a lot of other weird, weird, weird stuff. Uh, but you're about to say they're kids movies, right? So there's just not a lot for somebody who's not a kid. No, I, I think I think they're designed for children. And I read a little bit about Spirited Away, and I think he specifically said he wrote this to be a movie for, like, you know, 10-year-olds, like basically kids that age. And, it, I mean, that's the design. is it's That's who it's the audience is intended for. Uh, How do you explain your brother's love of these movies? He's, he's got a... a uh, just kind of a, an appreciation for that, a childlike appreciation for some of that stuff, which I, I guess I, it's just 
it's been beaten out of me. Kirk Cousins maybe beat all of my child, childish loving stuff. You know, all, all the misery that Minnesota sports <laughs> teams have given me has crushed my soul to appreciate that stuff. It's just, I, there's a lot, a lot of stuff I'm watching. like, this isn't just not for me. Like, you know, Disney movies come out like kids. Li- my kids like them, but it's just not for me. I, and that's fine. Oh, sure. It's, it's okay. I mean, it's, it's creative as hell. Like I said, they're, there are things there. There's points in this movie where it like the whatever the next image could be, could be anything. Cause I have, I have no like preconceived notions of what I'm about to see. And every time I'm blown away by what it is, I'm like, okay, there's a dragon now. All right. Didn't see that coming. You're this big garbage monster starts throwing up trash and like she pulls a bike out of him and he blows up like, Whoa. Okay. That's, that's what's <laughs> happening. All right. There's there's just like scene after scene. At, you know, once they get to the bathhouse, like everything that happens is just like you just got to shut your brain off and just let it all kind of wash over you. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm glad you mentioned. So one of the things I like about music is they're just so unlike anything I've ever seen. And there's probably a whole trove of anime that you know I'm totally unaware of that has some similarities. But when I see his movies. I don't know what's coming up next. I don't know where the plot's going to go. I have no idea what's going to happen or what images are going to come on the screen. And it is so weird. It's weird from the imagery and the mythology standpoint, which we in the West are, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about Japanese mythology, but there's apparently a lot of that stuff is in spirited away. Um, But also the way the plot unfolds, there's not really a, a, a quote unquote villain. There sort of is, but it's not like, a Disney movie. There's no Ursula who gets defeated. Well, there's a, like a witch. There's a sort witch. Of, but she, they don't confront her in the end. It's not a big fight. Um, she doesn't need to be defeated. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I'll say, there's always like a tenderness to his movies, which, you know, I think is, is the kind of refreshing in a way. Well, like, right. Th- there are dark things. There's some scary situations, but there, the, all, all the main characters always have this sort of sweetness and tenderness that, you know, I mean, he's obviously in his movies, he's trying to address like, you know, capitalism and, and environmentalism. And, and, you know, there's a lot of heavy stuff to it. But at the core, I think you could argue child prostitution in this one as well. Um, you know, she works at a bathhouse and she's forced to consign herself to work for this witch woman. Um so I was, I was reading some interpretations about that. So some really I guess I hadn't stuff. thought about that, but now that you mention it, for sure, yeah. Um, but let's let's talk a little about the plot because it is it's tender and the way the plot gets resolved. I mean, the big finale of this movie is the main character taking a train and returning a stolen object to somebody who we think is going to be an antagonist and isn't, and then everybody kind of comes to a better understanding of what's happening. And it works out better for pretty much everybody involved uh, in the entire movie. It's it's great. Let's. I'm going to try to describe the plot. We got to and I'm going to try to pronounce Japanese. It's going to go horribly. Uh, forgive me for butchering it, but I'm going to try. So we got Wait, like. Before tw- you do, can I ask a quick question? Sure. So I, a couple quick questions. One, does does Miyazaki does he, so he writes these movies and he also illustrates them? Is that yeah yeah true? yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the only one that illustrates them, but right. yes, he illustrates. He, them. He's got he does a, the original movie. sketches and all that stuff because they do yeah. all. All of the movies kind of have a similar look to them. I mean, the characters and the, the way the characters are drawn is similar. 
And then I guess my other question, I watched this with, there was no subtitles. It had American dubbing. Yeah. Did you watch on HBO max? Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So is that like the lesser version of it? Do you know if there's like a, you know, cause a lot of American dub movies, I actually, in for foreign films, I would much prefer to read the subtitles and see the original voice then, but with an animated movie, it's a little different because it's not like there's, you know, they don't have to match up the voice with the person because it's animated. Um, so it worked for me. I, I, yeah, well, I prefer the dub version, even, or not the dub. I prefer subtitles pretty much always. I want it in the native language and then just give me the English words so I can understand that's even with anime. That's how I want it. That's the ideal version. The dubs for Miyazaki films are really good. They get quality voice actors. The translations are really, really good. Despite the fact that, you know, language can be tough to transfer, uh, I just didn't have a way of watching. I have I have a DVD of it as well, but I don't know where my DVD player is. So I, I didn't try to look up and figure out how to watch the subtitled version. And that's what I would have preferred. But the dub is really, really good. Okay. Uh, and I've done the dubs with, you know, my oldest one is now kind of able to read a little bit, but still she would need the dub version to be able to really get it. Um, she's just not quite there yet to be able to read a subtitled movie. But that's... That's what I would prefer. That's I'm kind of a purist there. Like, give me the native language you shot it in, and then just translate it for me. That's what I want. Yeah. I want the cadence, the rhythm of your language, and we'll do the best to help me understand the cultural difference. Um, but let's. Let, I want to dive into the plot for this because it's so bizarre. Chihiro is our protagonist. She's a 12 year old girl who's moving from like a big city to some rural part in a city in Japan, and they're getting ready to go to the new house and the. <laughs> The parents are just kind of goofy and weird, and I don't know. This might be a cultural thing. They seem kind of like jerks to me. I don't know if you got that same vibe, but they didn't seem to care that she was there, you know, at all. Yeah, they're just like whatever. You're yeah. just you. you Quit, they seem lying, annoyed by her. Like, yeah, they annoyed by her existence. They yeah, like she was just annoying them. Maybe that's just like a in Japan, a parents parents find their kids annoying. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I uh, think also culturally, and not just in Japan, but like generationally, like there there was a. Uh, you know, a generation of parents, maybe a couple generations before us, where they didn't really care to be around their kids much. You know, the whole idea of like latchkey kids, where they just come and go, and it's like, what? Leave me alone. You know what I mean? But yeah, that's kind of what it was. But the the dad takes a wrong turn and drives like a lunatic through a forest, basically, and comes to this sort of like temple monastery. And they're like, whoa, hey, let's check this out. This is super interesting. Let's let's check it out. Chiro doesn't really want to go. Well, he uh, calls her, it like an amusement park. Well, right? when they get to the other side, he does. He does they don't know what it is. They oh, walk you, yeah, a you're talking before they go through the tunnel. Yeah, Yeah, and she's scared, doesn't want to go. But then, like, fine, you stay in the car. We don't care. We're going to go. And then so she's like, well, I, I guess I'll follow my parents. And they go through, and it's like a monastery. We see, like, some dusty tables and chairs, like a church, temple, whatever, monastery kind of thing. They get to the other side, and there's a little brook that leads up to these buildings. And the dad claims it's a an abandoned amusement park. He's very, very confident in his assessment. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but that's what he does. And they, they walk up to this like series. Yeah, of buildings. There's like this. He's like, back in the nineties, they built a bunch of these, but then the economy fell apart and they all became abandoned. It was like, okay, sure. I'm well, fine. Thanks, I get, yeah. I just, yeah. He's very, very confident and it doesn't really ever make sense. He doesn't really ever scrutinize. He's never curious. He's just confident. It's, you know, it's bizarre to me, but, they walk and then they see all these shops and they all appear to be restaurants, but there's no people there. 
they don't see anything, but then they get this whiff of this food that comes in and the mom and the dad go to seek out where the food's coming from. Cause they're like, Oh, Hey, I guess if it's open, if it's still an amusement park, we can buy some food here. And there's these big pots and piles of freshly cooked like chicken and dumplings and a bunch of other stuff. And there's no person around. I will say for an animated movie, the food looked good. It, uh, it looked, sure. It looked like good food. Some sure. sushi. He had a bunch of sushi. He talks about how crispy the chicken is. They yeah. decided, hey, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and eat the food. Didn't think a cartoon um, could make me hungry, but it, it did. No, it's it's good. I mean, the animation is is brilliant throughout this. Um, and they decide to eat it, and they're like, oh, well, we'll just square the bill. Somebody will show up, and we'll we'll pay for this food, and it'll be fine. Uh, Shiro doesn't. She's She's got bad vibes the whole time, and she just goes to explore and comes back, starts to – she comes back and starts – she starts seeing some weird shapes appear, and she walks back. When she gets back, her parents have turned into literal pigs, like just giant pigs in clothing. She tries to get them to move or do something, but they're pigs. Uh, and then she starts noticing all these like spirits and entities walking around. She's not sure where to go. And this dude shows up and says, you're not supposed to be here, and rushes her around. It's kind of like samurai dude. <laughs> and helps hide her because she's in some – what we're going to find out is, is a bathhouse for spirits, like – Eternal spirits need a break so they can go to a spa and take baths and get massages. Yeah, like at night, food. this place turns into some spirit like station, and a bathhouse is part of the reason they're coming there to relax, these spirits. And Hiro has to hide because she'll get turned into an animal because she's not supposed to be there. And the guy gives her this advice like, okay, do you want to stay here as a human and not be transformed? You have to ask for a job. If you have a job, they can't mess with you. You've got to work at this bathhouse. But what uh, what, is, what are they trying to say with that? I was I was thinking like, okay, is that just like, is it this pull yourself up by boot your bootstraps and work hard and you can succeed? Is it is because that seemed to sort of go against the general kind of idea of you know anti gluttony and anti waste that like you just got to work hard, you just got to bust your ass and you can succeed in the world or is it, am I just reading too much into it? I, I, no, you can read into whatever you want. I mean, I, this is one of the things I like it's, it, it's themes aren't entirely obvious because we don't really know much about Chihiro early on. I mean, we, it's like five minutes maybe before we're stuck in this plot with this bathhouse where she's there and having a really weird time. Um, Cause then she gets to like spider guy and she's like, I'll work. I'll, I'll work hard. And he's like, Oh no, I don't have a job for you. Cause I have these old dust beetles that carry the, yeah, that carry the coals of the like, furnace. Okay. And this guy has these arms that, that <laughs> extend really far and can pull off stuff. He's, just, he's like pulling on levers and it's you, so cool and weird. It's, uh, it's really weird. It's really uh, weird. It's it's definitely weird, but it's it's not like anything I've, I've ever seen before. But yeah, she finds this guy, says he'll work. He says, no, I don't have a job for you. But then somebody else is going to get her up to this woman named Yubaba, who is the head of the bathhouse. Um, but I, to your point, I, I don't know. I was I kind of viewed it as her parents incurred a debt, and then they ended up putting pushing her down the river. And so she had no choice but to, to save her life. She had to work at this job um, because of her parents' poor decision. Right, they they essentially sold her into servitude. Is the kind of vibe I got. Okay, the, no, her, that that, this, that makes sense. Because her parents, 
are kind of awful the whole time. But they didn't. I mean, it wasn't like some capital crime. They just ate some food that was there. You know, I mean, this is a little, little harsh, right? Oh, sh- sure. Sure. I mean, if you want to view it metaphorically, I mean, it's weird to just eat food that you see is unintended. It's, it's a weird choice. But yeah, no, I don't think you should. Well, like the dad said, he's like, I got credit cards. I got cash. We'll just pay for it later. Like, OK, is it really that big of a deal? I, nobody's here. I don't know. I, I think the parents got a raw deal. That's my take on this movie. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I, the punishment didn't fit the crime. That's for sure. Um, very, very It wasn't weird. like they stole the food. Like he was saying, I'll pay for it. Like, right. But they, they don't have any, any spirit currencies. Is, the is that like the poison apple or, you know, that sort of deal like Cinderella or could Adam be. And Eve? I don't know. I guess I don't, you could, you could go that route. I, I think, I don't think it's, this is steeped in Christian tradition necessarily, but you could try to apply a Christian reading of this. I don't know. But there's also a lot, like, not just her working. It's also, like, she's got to grow up a little bit, right? That's I think that's a lot of what the movie is. is she's kind of a She's kind of a whiny kid in the beginning. She doesn't want to go sure. out even to check out this place. And then eventually she's on her own, and she has to work hard and learn how to well, that, work a bathhouse. That's the thing. So the, the plaza being, like, her, her is she's just she works hard, and she's kind to people. And that's how the plot gets resolved. So she has to work at this bathhouse, and she doesn't take things like like the evil. Like we're kind of skipping ahead, but there's like an evil spirit that she lets in accidentally to the bathhouse. Well, yeah, she doesn't know he's evil, but she lets in. It's, it's right. ended up being called No Face. It's this weird black blob with a like white mask on it. It's called No Face. We find out eventually. It comes in and helps her because you know it's in the rain. She let it in. But she's just being nice. Like, come out of the rain. You, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, she doesn't know malicious. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. She's just being nice. And that thing ends up helping her because she needs these tokens to do this bath. Um, this giant stink spirit shows up that nobody else wants to deal with. And because that she's low on the totem pole. That was shit, man. When this big was. old stink monster comes in. And yeah. It's, it's like, like oozing and it pays to use the spot. Everybody's the gross. She has to give it a bath and take it seriously and get it clean. She uses these tokens she gets with this no-name yeah. spirit. Honestly, who thinks that she she has to hit a hole in the wall? And there's like he even draws the detail where there's like this little it, it's a, a wire or something that clips the token and she tugs on it and then the token gets shot up and then it shoots the like I don't know herbal, herbal water, water yeah. whatever yeah. yeah. It's like what what is it's happening? It's so inventive and weird and I love it. I, what what turns you off turns me on i i think it's i love that it's so weird but she gives it a bath and then she finds out yeah that it's got a bicycle in it and like pulls it out and all this muck comes out of this spirit which turns out to be this like dragon thing and she does a good job because this is a dragon has a lot of money and it leaves a bunch of gold and everybody's really happy for her and she incurs Even the- favor there's, so there's also this evil witch. I think you mentioned Yababa. Is that her name? Yeah, she's there's, the one who runs the basket. Yeah, she's got an evil witch, basically. Yeah. She steals people's names and forces them into indentured servitude. She makes her sign a contract. So, you know, a yep. little shot at lawyers, maybe. Is is that what? <laughs> Apparently. Baizaki <laughs> doesn't like contracts. And, you know, somebody asks her for a job. She has to say yes for whatever reason. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't like working with studios and, and the money side of things. I don't know. That very well could be. Um, but yeah, because wasn't he famously just shunned Hollywood, right? Wasn't there 
didn't Hollywood try to bring him in and hire him? And he just said, no, I'm just going to. He probably did. He made yeah. his own studio and just yeah. always wanted to do his own thing. He's like, I, this is what I want to do. I'm going to start my own studio and make Because there my was own some movies. Disney connection, right? Does, doesn't Disney, didn't Disney sort of pay for some of his movies? I thought I remember reading that I somewhere. I think they did the dubs. I, I thought Disney probably paid to do the dubs some uh, to distribute in the U.S. Okay. or something. I would, if you looked it up, that's what I. I thought there was something with Princess Mononoke that there was some Disney connection, but maybe I'm wrong. No, that's very possible. I I would assume they did some distribution and some of the dubs, but I don't know. That could be, I could be totally off on that, but that incurs favor. But then in the meantime, this no-faced creature eats a frog, can make gold appear, and everybody keeps bringing the no-face thing food, and it keeps generating gold and everybody keeps flocking to it. Um, and <laughs> meanwhile, she's following this guy named Haku, who's the guy that helped her in the beginning. Um, Haku's going to help him help Chihiro get her parents turned not into pigs and back to the human world. And she sees Haku as a dragon flying back, being attacked by what turns out to be like little paper doll things. And she helps him out. But he's in a really bad place. Turns out he'd stolen something from Yubaba, the owner of the bathhouse sisters in Iba. Who's a twin. Um, it looks just like her, right? Correct. And Yubaba, I mean, there's a bunch of things. Yeah, Yubaba has some, like, familiars. One is the three heads I was talking about that just oh. bounce around and go, boop, boop, boop. Honestly, I was like, am I seeing this correct? Am I on LSD? Like, what? what is happening? And there's yeah, a little bat crow thing. And she also has a giant baby that's the bigger bi- than yeah, she is. Yeah, it's a big baby. It's, oh, man. And we don't know. I mean, it's her baby, but we don't know. It talks, but it doesn't leave the room because she's overprotective. It's very bizarre. But they're trying to finish off Haku. Uh, meanwhile, Zaniba wants this golden bracelet thing back. Chihiro really cares for Haku. <laughs> and wants to save him and fights the things off and Zaniba turns the baby into something else uh, turns the baby into like a rat or a gerbil or something uh yeah the crow gets turned into like a smaller bird and then the three heads get turned into the baby uh, and she decides you know what she just needs to return the bracelet so that she can save Aku again uh, these are all names that if you haven't seen the movie isn't going to make any sense, but even if you have, it doesn't help me. So I, know, I, I mean, I knew there's no way to describe the plot of this. It doesn't make you sound insane. I mean, it's just, it's just ludicrous. In the end, the guy with a bunch of arms that is like running the powering the place with his spider arms and the coal gives her a ticket to ride a train so she can return this golden bracelet to Zaniba, the twin sister of the one who runs the bathhouse. And Zaniba turns out to be really, really nice uh, and helpful. Um, and Haku makes a deal with Yubaba to, to save Chihiro. And uh, the baby ends up, the baby who'd been spoiled ends up getting a personality and becoming better. Um, everybody becomes like less evil by the end of it. Um, she gets to free her parents, and it, it's all because she was nice and hardworking and kind. And she also frees Haku because it turns out Haku had was once a spirit of the Kohaku River and saved her when she was drowning trying to get a shoe of hers. And he had forgotten his name because he was indentured in servitude and you Bob. It's anyway. That's a, that's a fraction of the craziness in this movie. Um, 
Because they're all ghosts, right? Basically, they're spirits. So spirits a broader term than ghosts. Some of them might be ghosts, but okay. some of them are like, like Haku was the spirit of a river. So he was this like sentient spirit of a river. So I think he was always this metaphysical thing as well. And the river dried up, so he could never find his way home. They got rerouted or something. And Yubaba okay. seems like a witch to me, and not so much a spirit. I don't really know though. Yeah, there, there, stink, stink spirits exist. And there are people that work at this bathhouse. I mean, it's there's radish spirits, there's river spirits, there's these frog spirits. Uh, again, this thing, no face ends up getting redeemed uh, because no face ends up living with Zaniba, the sister, and being Zaniba's assistant. I mean, everybody's redeemed, even Ubaba to a certain extent by the end. And it's so bizarre. Uh, you know, she walks back, her parents don't really remember what happened. They were apparently gone for a, a few days at least. Yeah, because there's like leaves and things all over his leaves and the dust car. all over the car. Yeah. And we don't and, see them get because I assume in the beginning he's like the movers will will get there before we do. Which I, I mean I assume the movers got to their house and all of their stuffs there and they were just missing forever. Yeah, that, that's that's probably what happened is several days. Like where are these people? I don't know. Um, I, I don't think the dad's gonna care. He seems pretty oblivious, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. That that that's the plot, um, and I, we're not even describing the details. I mean, we're, there's not no face vomiting up black pestilence after having swallowed three people and running around the bathhouse. Um, their love of lizards apparently is a delicacy that people really like to eat at this bathhouse. Um, yeah, the I one mean, girl trade she trades him the like. Uh fried little lizard and all the frogs want it. it there's a bunch of frog people too <laughs> it's this movie's crazy this movie is they, they, they don't and i love how little they explain i mean i was just... i i was not on the right amount of drugs i think to watch this movie because it just it was like super weird for me but that's just no, I, I i knew the whole time i was like oh this is eric's just gonna be out he's gonna see this and think, oh, too weird i'm out uh, I thought that the whole time. So since we're talking about how weird, what was the single weirdest? How, when did it reach its peak weirdness and almost lose you? What was the weirdest moment for you in this movie? Well, I, I mean, it was probably when she, she got into the, the witch's layer and there was these three bouncing green heads just mumbling. I'm just like, what? and then the big giant baby, that was probably where I was like, okay, this, cause, cause, I mean, before that, you see, that, you know, there's spirits. Okay, her parents turn into pigs. Okay, uh, but you're like, all right, there's, there's, that's a little weird. She makes her way into this like coal burning area where they obviously power the whole bathhouse, and this guy has six arms, and that's weird. Uh, and there's these little sprite things that are also weird. Uh, yeah, they're shoveling coal. But <laughs> it's like, okay, that's a little odd. But then once, you know, the three heads and the baby and then you get all the frog people, that's where I was just like, this is, I, I don't, this might not be for me. <laughs> well, and none of the rules are explained. I mean, it doesn't really explain who can do what and what any of this stuff really means. It just, it's just there. The stuff's happening and See, it never gets quantified. I, I always, with animated movies like this, I always start to think like, what would this be better as a live action movie? Oh, Okay. And 
this I, I thought of Pan you know Pan's Labyrinth. Sure. There's Two there's years a, after this. There's yeah. a lot of weird shit in that movie too. Oh yeah. And it's you know, sort of a girl's journey. That's more of a scary kind of film. But uh, I don't think this. I don't think you could ever make this in a. It's too odd. It's too crazy. Well, uh, sorry. That, I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that, Eric. You and I often disagree about whether it'd be better animated or not. I, I like animated stuff more than you, and this is definitely a movie that even now you couldn't really make. Live There'd be action. a lot of CG. I mean, and, it would be, and you couldn't have done CGI in 2001. Right. I mean, there's the CGI was not there to to do anything even vaguely convincing at that time. Uh, no, it's a movie that could only exist as an animated movie, and it's so weird. Is I mean, I, that's the adjective we're going to the most, but uh, there's nothing else to say. It's just there's no dramatic action sequence at the end. It just doesn't happen. In the end, the the like last test for the characters that there's like two rows of pigs and she has to decide which of these pigs is her parents. Um, most people don't even want her to do the test. Everybody's like, don't make her do this test. She does it. And she says, I don't think any of these are my parents and she passes, it. And it turns out she was correct. And none of, <laughs> and everybody cheers for her. Everybody's happy because she's made everybody's lives better for this brief amount of time she was with them. Um, but I, I like that. There's just unexplained, bizarre, crazy things and now and maybe if you're japanese you're a little more familiar with some of the mythology that this is pulling from i don't know but i have no no bearing whatsoever about any of this stuff like the concept of a bathhouse for spirits who just need to like take a break the concept of a bathhouse is wild to me well it's a spa or a brothel if you want but um it's i mean it's functionally a spa You, you eat you relax you get massages. I've never you, been to a spa. I don't know what that is. Like, you've never gotten a massage in your entire life. No, not. I've never paid for someone to rub me down like that. Okay. Okay. Wow. No, Say but that just in a like, more nasty like, way, please. Is there a spas by you? you just in in Des Moines, there's just a whole run of spas. Like, I, not a run. They're all over. There's spas in the Twin Cities. There's I'm very much places you can go where you can get a massage. Or you can get a facial, or whatever no, the. That's not. What, that's not what this movie. They, they literally, literally take baths. Like there's like it's like saunas and hot tubs and like a place to bathe. Is that just what? Because it was like hard to find a place to take to get to bathe. Is that what the point of these things were? For like spirits, literally, I guess they, they have special requirements. I guess I don't know. Because like you spot. see a lot in like cowboy movies, they go to like. The, the you know there's a hotel and there's a place where you can take a bath and that's that was kind of like where my mind went with this movie is like is it that idea where it's like you know I, there's not a lot of places to take a bath out in just out in the world at that time so that's why they have bathhouses I don't know we're okay. we're, <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole here well it's fine we can because it's too tough to this is this is I picked this movie but it's it's a odd one to talk about yeah so why um, why did you pick it though what, what was the purpose i want an excuse to watch it basically this okay. is one I, i've been saving for a long time i knew i'd have a chance to watch it with my oldest and we'd seen some other miyazaki stuff um did you know like a lot about it like what it was about i knew or? absolutely okay. nothing about it other than it, it, it's pretty well regarded yeah i mean rotten tomatoes just, is like off the charts it, you said like you said last week it won best animated film at the oscars it was, I think, a pretty big hit financially, right? I mean, in Japan, I think it was a gigantic hit. 
Oh, uh, sure, yeah. I did see, so uh, production of this movie started in 2000 with a $50 million budget. Walt Disney financed 10% okay. for the right of first refusal for American distribution. So uh, that right, Disney yeah. was involved early on, so they, they paid for part of it and wanted to have the the right to, to distribute it. Is this movie, is it sort of Japanese criticism of Americans? Sort of the gluttony and overeating and waste that we, you know. That could be. I mean, I don't, there there's a lot of ways you could interpret, like, what's going on in this movie. I, that, that sounds perfectly valid if you wanted to say, hey, you know, this guy thinks it's an amusement park and that this food he gets to eat because he's got money and therefore he's entitled to it. Um, but then he just stuffs his face and they're, they're pigs. Uh, very, 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 very possible. Um, so I, that, that's totally fine. But yeah, I mean, I picked it because I, I wanted to watch it in a long time. I'd been saving and I just really wanted an excuse and it was one I could watch with my daughter. Um, World, worldwide box office, $395 million. Well, and I, I guess I can't, I didn't see it at the time. I, I can't say why it resonated so well with so many people, but I think for a lot of Americans, probably it's just not like any other movie you've seen, animated movie you've seen. Even if you think, Hey, this is a kid's movie. It's just so different from right. anything you've ever seen, both from the animation style and what happens in it to the way the plot works. I mean, this is, it really is different than any Disney movie and Pixar is, was still just getting started when this came out. I mean, Toy Story had come out and there's maybe one other one, Toy Story, Toy Story 2, but um, it just wasn't like anything. It's just so different. The animation style was so different. And I think this was his first major hit in the U.S., although you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I don't think... M- like- Mononoke was a big hit. Oh yeah, that was. I mean, that was kind of around. So maybe, maybe it was just and, trending. See, I, and I really liked that movie. Like I said, I saw it in the theater. Like I really like Princess Mononoke. If if somebody was gonna ask me from the from the of the movies I've seen of his, which one should I check out? I would definitely say Princess Mononoke. But that's more of a okay. traditional, like sort of a Japanese animated movie. Well, yeah, and my my favorite is still even after this is Castle in the Sky where these kids just like a robot falls from the sky and it turns out there's like a robotic fortress, which has its history there. And that's where the robot came in. Um, that one's my favorite. But Ebert um, Ebert gave this four stars, said it was one of the year's best films and he added it to his great movies list. So Ebert loved this movie. I mean, most critics do. It's almost universally loved. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why I've been saying because I thought I would love it. Um, not to jump too far ahead. I, I like it a lot. I don't know if I love it, but I like it a lot. It's, it's, yeah, it's even, even among Miyazaki, this one's this and the Noshka Valley of the Winds are the two that are just so bizarre and out there that it, it just, I don't have a framework. I don't have really too weird else for Ben. It. No. Well, I, I view that as a, a compliment. It be something okay. really weirding me out and being really different is, I admire that. That's exciting to me. Um, but it doesn't resonate with me maybe as much as some of the other ones did. But where you're going to dock it for being weird, probably, I'm going to say this is a, a strength for movies, how different it is. And the sheer fact that what she does to save the day is she's kind to a spirit. She gives one a bath that's really, really gross that nobody else wants to give. And she, you know, returns something. And 
cares for this this spirit and returns a bracelet and that's that's what happens it, i also thought a, i thought a wizard of oz a little bit too oh sure watching this she's on her own trying to get yeah. back without her parents she learns oh, yeah. to grow up a little bit and there's an evil witch right um she's got to kind of thwart um oh yeah no i, I got the similar vibes uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think so many people, it's, this is like, wow, I've, this is so different. Uh, this is amazing. I, I don't have any framework for anything like this. That would be my guess for why I'm such a hit. Um, and the animation is fantastic. I mean, even if you're like, I, yeah. I don't care for the plot, it looks incredible. I the mean, visuals every, every, are yeah, pretty stunning. It, it, it just, it's, it's fantastic. It, it's not boring to look at, even if you're like, I, I don't know what's going on and it's making me uncomfortable. It's still, whoa, really, really great. Um, but I mean, I kind of actually, I don't have much else to say about spirited away because it's just, it's such an idiosyncratic experience to me. Um, do you have any other, other thoughts you want to say? Uh, no, what, what I'm interested to find out what you would rate this on your letterbox rating. I could put a, a four out of five. Um, I just, it didn't quite resonate with me on a deep enough level to really take it to that big five-star oomph. Um, I love the way it looks. I love the way that it's not fighting that you resolve the conflict. It's the protagonist is kind and trustworthy and hardworking and returns something and apologizes for it being stolen. That's the big climax. And people are able to kind of talk through their problems and work together in a way that it's just different, and I like how, how weird it is. I just didn't quite quite connect as much as I would have hoped. Um, didn't leave me one wanting necessarily. It wasn't like this is awful. It's just just didn't didn't bury its hooks in me to go above a four, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. For me, this is another one of those movies that it's challenging for me to give a review on it because again, it's it's I don't think it's for me. It's it's not intended for me to to enjoy so it's hard for me beyond like just seeing it as a kids movie to give my thoughts on it i would i i would say a three i'd give it a three star um a part of the reason why i probably have it even that high is just knowing that a lot of people really love this movie and maybe it it's more for those people and and to, to just try to appreciate the uh, you know, animation and the creativity of the story more than, you know, what I personally think of it, I guess. I'm but impressed. I, I didn't think you were going to give it that star. I, I didn't think you were going to give it even that much. So like I said, if it was just like, on my, did I enjoy it? I would probably have it lower, but like, I'm trying to take myself out of the equation a little oh, bit. Oh, you're letting other people dictate your maybe, opinions. You're being maybe, yeah. uh, To be honest, yeah, probably, yeah. That's you don't want to seem true. like too much of a rube. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, did, I didn't it hate it. I didn't hate it. It's, it was not THX 1138 to you? <laughs> no. It's I'm, definitely better than that. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. Well, no, I, I'm pleasantly surprised that I, I was going to bank that. I was, like, was going to say two. Um, so you gave it three stars. All right. I'm impressed. All right, is it time to, to dive into our uh, connection to Field of Dreams? Let's do it. it well, that that was one of the reasons I asked that question early on is like, because I had to use, uh, so, and there's an uh, American voice, there's a person's voice that's an American actor 
in this movie and I had to use them because otherwise, I mean, I wouldn't have known how to connect some of the other actor voice actors to feel the dream. So you go first. So I want to sure. Uh, so I started with, I think her name is Dave chase. Dave chase. It, I think it's the girl that does the voice of Chihiro. Uh, she's a, she's an American actor. Uh, she was in she was in Donnie Darko apparently I think she played the younger the youngest Darko kid. Oh, okay, but yeah. That I, she's also in The Ring, so I went with the movie The Ring. Sure, she okay. plays the g- girl with the hair uh, that comes out of the TV. Like that's her. Okay. So she's the she's the girl. The uh, ring girl, got it. She's the ring girl, yeah. Uh, she's also in, or sorry, uh, Brian Cox is also in The Ring. Um, and he's in a movie I have never seen or heard of called The Affair of the Necklace, which has Hillary Swank in it. Okay. Never heard of it, but it's a real movie. It came out in, let's see here, what year was that? 2001. Uh, so Hillary Swank's in that. She's in a movie called The Hunt, which came out in 2020. I've seen this movie. It's pretty stupid. Is that the one where like they're being hunted by rich people or something? Yeah, it's got some like uh, political angle bits sure. to it because like the people that are hunting are like left wing, you know, you know, Democrats, and they're they want to hunt like mega people. So, oh jeez. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 stupid. It's a really dumb movie. I I didn't care for it, <laughs> but. Uh, Hillary Swank's in that, and so is Amy Mad- Madigan, Madigan, who's in sure. Field of Dreams. Got it. Okay. All right. So you went with the, the woman from the the English dub version, right? So I I was gonna it's like yeah. I, I wanted to I wanted to do somebody from the Japanese cast, even though I didn't see the you know Japanese version. Um, and so you know once you find once you find the one way out, then then you're good. Then then there are a lot of different routes. So I went with uh, Mari Natsuki. That's my attempt. She voiced uh, uh, what Usababa or whatever. Um, that's, Yubaba? that's who she was. Yubaba, yeah, Yubaba. There we go. Uh, in the Japanese version, she also has a role in the movie Isle of Dogs, the Wes Anderson movie. Um, another animated movie, and there's a lot of lot of big name people in that movie. You know, it's animated where there are dogs that talk and are sent on an island. It's very weird Wes Anderson thing which is, is fun i like it a lot but i didn't hate that i didn't you know hate that i, I like all dogs and it's fun my, no, no, my I, kids I like... got a little weirded out they they stopped about halfway and then i finished it yeah that's like an animated movie not for kids because right. there's too much dry weird stuff in there that you as a kid you're like what <laughs> why, do, why do i don't care about any of this yeah um these these weird conversations but uh i went with jeff goldblum he's i think one of the dogs in there uh, but yeah he had lots of choices but i went jeff goldblum and there was a couple of different routes uh, Jeff Goldblum is uh, in a movie called Jurassic Park with Sam Neill. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, I was, I wanted to, but I didn't have a chance. The reviews are really bad, and apparently, it involves locusts way more than it should. Have you seen Jurassic World Dominion? I saw it on opening day. My daughter loves the Jurassic Park movies. She she particularly loves the Jurassic World series of films. Uh, which I don't quite understand, but she, we watched them all. Yes, we saw it on opening day. Uh, it is it, it's confounding because it's like 
all, all the Jurassic World movies frustrate me to no end because it's like you have this great franchise with this great idea and you focus on the dumbest things. Like the first movie is oh it, the first Jurassic World movie is okay it's about the park you know falling apart. I'm okay with that. The second movie is about some auction where they're like d- genetically splicing dinosaurs and they're selling them at a, at some sort of rich guy auction which is like why are we what is what's the point of this and then this one there's like genetic bugs that eat crops and that's like the big twist of the movie yeah uh, see that's so what dumb. are we doing I, we're just make a movie about dinosaurs eating you people. See dinosaur people right yes because yeah. when i saw the trailer i loved like there's just dinosaurs existing out in the world that people have to deal with now they're like spreading or whatever and they're kind of like a a big problem for people. They're really annoying and people have to watch out for dinosaurs. That's great. And I loved, I loved seeing a, like a velociraptor get like clotheslined in one of the trailers. It was one of the funniest things I'd seen. It was like, okay, that's dumb and looks entertaining. And then they're like, oh, it involves locusts or whatever the, whatever the bug is. It's like, come on. There's just dinosaurs. They're spreading. They and then they, they bring in Goldblum and the original cast for absolutely no reason. Like, there's literally no reason for them to be in the movie. They don't whatsoever. give them anything to do? Barely. Like, they're, they're just there. You know, they the movie could exist without them. They could cut every scene of them being in it, and it would not change the movie. See, yeah, bit. well, then I'm glad I haven't seen it, because it was like, okay, Jeff Goldblum, and I want to see a bunch of dinosaurs in cities and stuff being a problem. And then, it, yeah, that's not what happened. Apparently, so I'm glad I missed it. Anyway, Jurassic Park was my second movie. Sam Neill's in The Hunt for Red October with uh, James Earl Jones, who's in Field of Dreams. But he had lots of options with Jeff Goldblum. He's in The Right Stuff with Scott Glenn, who plays Alan Shepard in The Right Stuff. Um, you can also get uh, to The Hunt for Red October via Scott Glenn. So anyway, a lot of choices. So that's my. But yeah, I wanted to start with the Japanese version. So. Okay. Uh, well, if you don't have anything else to say about uh, Spirited Away, I'll jump to a little bit of trivia for our next movie. Uh, all right. Again, give five sort of clues, little sprinkles of information for Ben to guess what our next movie is going to be. So feel free to play along if you can shout it out at your phone or computer. Please do. Uh, all right. So clue number one. This is actually kind of funny. Uh, the cast of this movie includes acting legend and star of the classic sci-fi film THX 1138 Robert Duvall. Okay. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that earlier. No. Uh, so it's just the Ro- Robert the Duvall's you... in this movie. Got it. Understood. Now, THX is going to be just the standard bearer for... I'll be surprised if something tops it for a movie you hate more than THX I don't even want to think about that movie again. Like, I don't... That I even said it really gave me the... The creeps. I don't even want to think okay. about it. Okay. Fair enough. So let's move on quickly. Okay. This film was produced and distributed by a company called Netflix. So it's a Netflix okay. movie. Netflix okay. movie that has Robert Duvall in it. That's what the, what the clues are so far. I have a guess, but I'm, I'm going to table it for now. Oh, okay. Clue number three. The fil- uh, It was filmed mostly in Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia, in the year 2020. Okay, I'm, I'm still tabling my guess, but go, go ahead. Did that? Are, are you further away from thinking that this is a or closer? I, I, it doesn't help, help me. Okay. This is probably not going to help either. Uh, rapper Fat Joe makes an appearance in this movie. No, doesn't help. 
Okay, last clue. I, I think this... If you know what this movie is, this will give it away. Okay, number five. Adam Sandler stars as Stanley Sugarman, a scout and coach for the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, okay. I, I, now, I'm not going to know the title of it, but it's a new one that Netflix has it, recently been popping up in the top ten or whatever. Is it The Hustler or something? It's called Hustle. Hustle. There we go. Okay. So I had no idea Robert Duvall was in that at all. I I didn't. I have not seen it yet, so I, I'm I'm going to watch it. Uh, okay. I've heard good things. I've heard good things about it. Again, it's on Netflix, so check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, there is a a specific. Do you know anything about this movie? No, I vaguely knew it was about basketball. Um, okay. That's it. And I see Adam Sandler, and I'm I'm. I, love I need that a lot of convincing. I, I love that that's all you know about it because there is a specific reason why I'm really excited to watch this movie. And if you don't know it yet, I can't wait for you to find out why. And and uh, okay. yeah, so I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to say anything more about that. But there's a very specific reason I'm excited for this movie. Does it involve advanced stats? Yeah, it's all analytics. The whole movie's oh, about analytics. No. I assume he's going to shit on advanced stats. He maybe, I, if he does, I'll be excited, but that's not the reason. Okay. So Hustle on Netflix, check it out. We'll we'll pop that in next week. and I Pop that into the old Betamax player. <laughs> yeah, well, first you got to get your disc from Netflix, right? you got to get the red envelope and then put it into your, your DVD player. Okay, Robert Duvall's in this movie. Okay, wow. That's yeah, that's news uh, to me until right now. He plays, I think he plays the owner of the 76ers. Sure, that makes sense. I, I mean, he's great. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not disappointed. He's in it. Excellent. All right. So for the next time, we're gonna watch just hustle, not the hustle, but hustle. Just hustle. Okay. All right. Well. Oh, and Eric, I just wanted to let you know. I mean, you could go to the Aurora Spa in Minneapolis if you wanted to. Um, the Lantis Day Spa. And salon. Uh, that'd be another option. Can I take a massage. bath at this spa though? Do I actually? Uh, is there a chance for me actually to bathe, or is it just because I know there are places where you can get massages? I'm not. I'm not that dense. I mean, I've been called dense before, but I'm not that dense. I know you can get facials and pedicures and massages. I'm talking like a bathhouse, like a place where you can actually get like take a bath and do all the stuff that they do in this movie. Because I've never heard of anything like that. There's like yeah, the tur- Turkish bathhouses. Like I've heard of those. Uh, there's not a Turkish bathhouse around, is there? That's like a, where you get like a steam, right? It's kind of like a sauna. But there's also pools and like or tubs too. I, I'm just saying. I, I've never. I've, maybe you go to bathhouses all the time. I. It's not a thing I do. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, I assume all these do have like hot tubs that you can soak in. I, I don't know. I assume that those exist. They show them in movies all the time. I mean, characters. John, John Wick, right? That's he kills a bunch of dudes in a bathhouse. Sure, there, there, there's, you know, saunas, and then there's spas, and you can always see like, you know, if a movie takes place in New York and there's like rich white ladies, there's oftentimes a scene at sure. a spa where they're. But like, have you, Ben Lewis, ever been to one of those places? Sure, but I haven't. I haven't gone to the water. Like I, I've had a couple's massage with my wife before at a spa, but we didn't like sit in a hot tub or soak or anything like that. Um, okay. Well, maybe I, I need mean, to get out there. Maybe I need to. I don't know. Massages maybe are I'll nice. Love it. Maybe I'll they love it. They feel nice. I don't know. Take your wife. She, she'll probably have a good time. You know. Treat her well. <laughs> 
This has gone off the rails. <laughs> I just wanted to say, spas exist in the Twin Cities. Yeah, they don't, they don't call them bathhouses anymore. That's like an Are there spirits term. in these spas, though? Of course. Okay. The spirit of great customer service. I mean, if there's not three bouncing green heads, I'm not going. Oh, I love that those heads aren't explained. What are they? Are they sentient? Are they Were they people? They seemed like puppies. They just followed her around and mumbled. But Are they a hive mind? Are they independent consciousnesses? Do what they, they? eat and shit like a normal person? Or I don't think they do eat because when they're in the baby, they just kept eating all the time because they That's true. hadn't experienced that sensation. They're just like stuffing their face with candy. And then when they're revealed to be the three heads, and they're like, oh, and they hop away. We'll never not know. Enough, not we'll go to our drugs. graves not knowing what the three yeah. heads are. Do they have a name either? Do they even get a name in the movie? I don't think so. I mean, if oh. you look, I, I don't know. Somebody had to make that oh, 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 sound. Right. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if they have a cast list somewhere. Somebody's credited for the voice work for that. I don't know. All right, well, oh. goodbye. Bye. <laughs>